The VC Show, let's go. What's up, what's up? Welcome to episode two of the VC Show presented by Caesar Sportsbook on Omaha Audio. I'm Vince Carter alongside Roz Goldon Woody. What's up, Roz? We've got a lot to discuss. I'm not going to waste time. What you got, Roz? Let's go. I tell you what, this league never stops entertaining. Like, we just finished the championship, the draft is completed. And the drama is already starting to roll in. Free agency's approaching. Free agency. The that's team. exactly it. It's that We're, time of year. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, it's nothing but now hot tea. Ooh, and I'm going to take you where the tea is hottest. And it's in Brooklyn. It's in Brooklyn with the Nets. Um, man, the pressure was on. You know, between Kyrie Irving and the Nets, you had the Nets. You had reports coming out that the Nets are were, uh prepared to lose both Kyrie and Kevin Durant. You were thinking, boy, that's become a mess over there. Kyrie Irving had until Wednesday to opt into his $36 million option for next season with the Nets or else become a free agent. Um, And then there were conversations about, well, the Nets didn't want to lose him for nothing, so maybe they do a sign and trade. And that became a part of the conversation. But then Kyrie Irving shocked the world with his latest announcement. Not shocked, I guess, put some closure on it. You know what he what said, he right? Say? Give me my money. He opted in. He opted in. <laughs> Give me my money. <laughs> so Tuesday early evening, Kyrie Irving uh, tweet put out there that he plans on opting in. He's going to exercise his $36 million player option in Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving, to quote, said, normal people keep the world going, but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. I've made my decision to opt in. See you in the fall. And then signed off. Uh, what's your reaction? Wow. First of all, and I'm trying to, like, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I wonder if he did he really think this through, <laughs> what he wanted to say to lead it up and give it this uh, inspiring, thought, you know, thoughtful quote. And then said, oh, see y'all next summer because I'm taking my 36 and a half. <laughs> Believe that. But uh, this answers some questions for now. Buys both sides some time, like, to figure this out and, 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 and see what they want to do and figure out what makes sense later on as far as that extension, as far as that big money, that long-term deal, because that is an important situation from the organizational side as far as our commitment. And I'm saying our, meaning as an organization, I'm thinking from their side, do we want to give him max money, which he deserves max, max money. It's the years. It's how long do you want to commit being that you're not sure of his availability. Yes, Sean Marks and the organization said, hey, we're not going through that, tolerating that anymore. Okay, so that's been said. It's understood by Kyrie. Now, do you understand and do you take us seriously on that front of it? And then do you give him a long term or not? You know, so I think that's the question now. So uh, this is an important year, I think, for both sides to really figure this out because potentially losing both players, KD and Kyrie later on, ooh, that would be crazy. Right. Essentially, Kyrie Irving is on a $36 million prove-it deal. <laughs> you know, right. like, like because the, the issues that have come out, it's been reported that essentially the, the tension was around not is Kyrie his talent level or how great of a player. He's one of the most elite players at his position. But there's tension around the long-term commitment. Kyrie was looking in this in this negotiation and in these talks for a more long-term deal, max-level deal, which he's deserving of. But perhaps the Nets 
were not necessarily ready to commit long-term in that way. By opting in, it allows both sides, I think I agree completely, an opportunity to um, have more time to work on this. And because Kyrie will become a free agent now next season. And it'll also be an opportunity to see if things can go better with both Kevin and Kyrie and the whole group there, perhaps the Ben Simmons, and see what they can put together. But if there was going to be a team that would have more pressure on it than the Nets, I can't even imagine it. Next season, all right. eyes because it's are so, going to it's, it's it's be so a countdown. Var- right, because of all of the variables. I mean, it's like, yeah. okay, you know, how does this thing with Kyrie, his availability, they're gonna be, people going to watch that. They're going to, you know, pay attention to that with a fine-tooth comb. Where does Ky- uh, KD stand with this whole thing? And then we haven't even talked about Ben Simmons and his availability and when does he get on the court and could he have played before and all of these things and he got the surgery and now it's like once he gets healthy when when the regular season starts all eyes not gonna not not gonna shift to to Golden State and see what they're doing some eyes will shift to the Lakers and see what that looks like but a lot of eyes are gonna be on the Nets and that that trio plus the organization and where they go. And how they handle I don't this. think I'm going to take it even further. I can't imagine a team with more pressure than the Nets because now you've got a countdown on Kyrie's free agency. You've got what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. You've got these guys have the pressure of they just got swept in the first round. You've got the legacy of, of, of the Nets organization. Did they, you know, botch this whole thing or not? Like, mm-hmm. it's literally next mm-hmm. season is like combustion season, like not yeah. just like winter bust, but. It's it's gonna be crazy now. <laughs> so, Ross, real quick, real quick. So, what what is acceptable for the Nets next year? Like, what is acceptable? Eastern Conference Finals, or they have to make the finals? Like, what what you know with this now because of all of these things that you said, you can't you can't get out of the first round. I don't even think you can't you can't get put out in the second round. Yeah, I definitely don't think nobody put Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and did all that maneuvering for Ben Simmons. Um, which was James Harden, like nobody did that to get to the second round. You know, like I don't know that they need to win a championship, but I, I do think, which is so sad that like this is the bar right now. But they lose a heartbreaker in Eastern Conference they, Finals, maybe. They, like it they, has to be something. They like that. need they they need not to be a circus. How about that? Can That's we start there? I do. Can can there. if when the big issue here is you know long term commitments on contracts, they're going to be at the same exact conversation after next season with mm-hmm. Kyrie. Kyrie's going to want a commitment, and the Nets are going to use this body of work to say, "Bro, how available are you? We get that you're a max contract talent. You are. Yeah. You certainly have earned that money, but oh, we're gosh. not sure about giving you the years of commitment." Like, I think winning is very important. I also think. Um, um, like not being absolutely dysfunctional and crazy would be another requirement for the Nets to continue on in this manner. Otherwise, I don't really see how that could continue after next season. Mm-hmm. You said it there. Now, keep it real, Vince. I want your opinion as a teammate, as a player. Let's say you are on a basketball team. Do you want to be teammates with Kyrie Irving? And especially with him as like in a lead guard leadership position. So, uh, I mean, it's a talent. He, he's talented, and it's like it's just you, you love to play with because you know what he brings to the table. He's dynamic. I like. I would have first a, a conversation with him. Like, just get some understanding. Like, what what is it? And it depends on 
where where I am as his as a teammate in my career. As an older guy, I need you. I need you there. As a younger guy, and, and you know he's older, and you understand you're learning. There's not much you can say. But as a guy who who may have a voice and some say so, um, I, I want to talk to him. Like, hey, bro, like you're important to this team, and you know I, we, we we need you here, and, and it's, it's important to us. And I, I think you know we always talk about has Kevin Durant had that conversation, and has he? Maybe they have, and you know, I think we look for sometimes, and, and, and I'm saying we now because on the media side, but I've been on the other side as this player. We look in as media types now, we look for that player to come out publicly mm-hmm. saying that they had the conversation with the player. I don't, you know, at, at the end of the day, I just want you to have the conversation. We want to know what was said, so that's why we're like, well. When is KD going to say something? Do we know that KD didn't say something? Did they not have that conversation? You know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying, so as for me as a player, I was the kind of player and person, always people say they're waiting for Vince. So I'll use an example. Um, Donovan Mitchell in the dunk contest. Uh-huh. When he wore my jersey and did the dunk and everything. Yeah, yeah. When everybody was looking, and Terrence Ross is another guy. Everybody was looking for me uh, to acknowledge it through social media. You know, that just wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. But the conversation was heck. I talked to them personally to thank them. And then obviously if it got out, it got out that way. But I wanted to share that those moments and show my appreciation personally, either face to face or whatever, if I run into those guys before, you know, I, I made it oh yeah, Donovan Mitchell or Terrence Ross, appreciate you, go good looking now or whatever. Not that's maybe later on to share, but first and foremost, that I wanted it to. So it could be one of those things, and I just wanted to make that as a point. Like it, it, it could have happened, but we don't know, you know. So I think you glazed around the answer there. Would you want to be teammates with Kyrie Irving? Oh, I was. Oh, I was. I, I was. Oh yeah, you're right. Let me get. Let me keep keep, keep moving. Um, because I was getting, I got caught up in making my point. Uh, what I want to be, I, I, I want, I would want to be teammates with a committed Kyrie Irving. It, you know, but if, if there's no commitment, I, uh, it'll, it'll be unfortunate because that's a great talent to play with, and he makes the game easier because of what he does on the floor. But I, I, a committed Kyrie, yes. Let, I want to go back to what you said earlier about you'd want to have a conversation with him first. Well, see, now right, you're getting back to my point. Yes. Yeah, right, no, right. It was no, a good okay, point, okay, but I'm you didn't with give me an answer. I'm just playing, so I'm I'm just playing, I'm playing I'm, I see where you was no. going, but that's my job to take yeah. you right back. I'm, I'm going to get you there. No, but that's why you need <laughs> But I was, you was like, you know, you want to have a conversation with him. Let's say you're KD. If you're Kevin Durant, what are the things he sh- you think he should be talking about, if at all, with Kyrie, what he should be asking him. What does Kyrie owe Kevin Durant, if anything, in this situation? So that's tricky to me as well. And and I look at it, I say, it depends on what KD's trying to get accomplished out of this conversation. But I think the first, the one thing that should happen between the two of them is put it all on the table. Put mm-hmm. everything on the table, say, you know, giving Kyrie the opportunity to talk and say, this is what he's thinking, this, that, and the fourth. KD now has the opportunity to say what he has to say, being that they're friends, they should be honest with each other. I need you available, whatever the case may be. I I think we can do this. And then from there, you hash it out. You fix whatever, whatever that it is. But at least if these two guys can get that stuff out on the table and have a conversation, you go from there. So, and it, it could be, 
uh, a conversation or saying things that they might not want to hear, but at the same time, you should appreciate it because it's coming from somebody you respect. Mm-hmm. Somebody that you consider on your level, because I know how Kyrie feels like people on her on his level or beneath them. But I mm-hmm. think that conversation is important because they came in together, they wanted to play together. Now, KD, I, I sit him down and say, "Hey, bro, talk to me. What's what's what are you thinking?" And I'm gonna tell you what I'm thinking, and then we see where we can go from here. Because I think when they're on the floor, when they're committed to this team, guess what? That's gonna do to free agency. That's good. I mean, now, and we haven't even talked about Ben Simmons added to this. Now, uh, yes, we're already hearing about him moving on, but if there's a if there's a mutual commitment to the organization and it's understood, free agency comes in, they're next year in the Eastern Conference Finals, be, just off of talent alone. Period. But actually, is that true? Because they had the talent and they still got swept in the first but, round. But available. They were there. Availability. No, I, I hear you. You're, you're 100% right. We just talk about what's what's really what's what's real, and that's what's real. You're 100% right. But it was like the availability. Guys weren't available, and then all of a sudden you're trying to make it up and get it all back and make it all happen yeah. at the end of the year when teams are now hitting their stride. And that's the key word at the end of the year. So for me, it's like, and again, I'm old school. I think practice matters. You know, time together, chemistry. You know, the team is, was all sorts of versions of itself at best, even half the season, but probably much mm-hmm. less. So all of a sudden you, you pop talent in there and both KD and Kyrie was hooping now. Let's not like, I mean, in, in most of the, most of the games that they were in in the regular season, playoffs, not as high, but um, there were games where, you know, they were combining for like 70 points or 80 or something crazy like that and still losing. You remember the game against the Grizzlies? That was without yes. John Morant. They both went off and they still lost. And I think it was, a, for me, a lesson that it's, it's more than talent. Talent matters. Talent is, yeah. a, is, a, is, I think, you know, it's a talent league. But basketball is still a much more beautiful game than that where chemistry and, and character and meshing and being healthy and rising at the right time in the season matters a lot. I want to kind of round this out with a question First around Ben Simmons, if he ends up being, you know, an option for the Nets next season. How do you feel about Ben Simmons at this point? I think Ben Simmons can bring a lot to the table. Um, I think defensively he's going to be a gem for them because they needed a guy to defend. And I think Kevin Durant took that challenge. But Ben Simmons is a guy who can take the onus off of him defensively and let him be the killer offensively that he is. And... They can play faster. I mean, just think of that lineup alone with this these two guys, 6'10", whatever, Kevin Durant, I like to be called seven feet. So 6'11 <laughs> and a half, whatever you, put, whatever you choose whatever to be KD. But you're talking about that type of size. You're bringing back shooting. Um, yes, I, I'd like to see, personally, Ben Simmons commit more to his offensive game, working on his game, because if he's able to have some something offensively, particularly now with a big two, you know, he's very capable, like I said, like in transition where they play fast and all these things. He, mm-hmm. he can do that. But when you start getting in the playoffs, what we started to see in the playoffs was what? Can can guys score in the half court? Because when teams make adjustments, not allowing you to play fast and play, in trans, uh, play out of transition, and they start taking that away, what else can you get offensively from him? And I think Ben Simmons has the ability to post smaller guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he has the ability to get into the paint and make plays for him. So, the, that too could could do something. I still think you're going to need 
other guys, other scoring around them. Uh, yeah. Shooting, oh, excuse me, sh- sh- shooting around them and a guy who can get their shot. Oh, yeah, you're going to need to fill that whole thing up with some shooters if you got Ben Simmons out there. But um, I'm very high on Ben, despite how hard I think people are on him. And I think um, Ben is very talented, and I hope that this upcoming season he's able to unlock the best version of himself, uh, whether that's mentally or whatever. But um, I'd love to see Ben in a situation where he didn't have to be part of a big two where he didn't have to be have quite that much pressure on him. I'd love to so see maybe him. a third option. I'd like to see a big two plus Ben. I would have much rather liked seeing KD, Kyrie, and then Ben come in there and be a great, you know, star role player where the it's not the pressure's not on him, but he could come in there and be the best version of himself. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Last question here on this whole topic. So I'm gonna use a media hat right now, not even a player hat and just think about the way the headline will look and the way when you write up an article and the narrative is going to come out, you know, the Nets brought in these two players. The intention was great. And the intention was great. The talent level of these two stars was excellent, elite, generational, excellent talents. The execution of this experiment, if it was to end today, would not have executed at a high level. And we would call it... um, I wouldn't a swing and a miss. I wouldn't call it a failure, but I would say a swing and a miss. And I think it's fair. Is that fair as an assessment? I think so. I think that's fair. And I feel like um, would it tarnish their legacies? I don't think they have anything to prove as as players. They're both the most elite at their positions. They're both champions. Um, But I do think when you look back on it, there will be. When when we talk about how a player's career went, there will be questions about quote unquote them as leaders of teams. Um, there, it will be part of the story that they they that you know the Warriors went on to win a championship later and potentially more. And you know Kevin Durant walked away from that, and that you know Kyrie, except for when he was with LeBron, you could write a narrative. That's one of the greatest players of our lifetimes. One of the conversations of top two for goat. That's when he won a chip. I mean, I think those those will be part of the narrative. But for me, Ross Golden Wide, like those two have nothing to prove in my book. Like I can see the narratives, but I think they're champions and they're they're some of the most elite players at their position. You left me speechless. Like because I, I just don't know. I mean, how does that like <sighs> we because everybody's gonna have. They're going to say what they want to say, and, and and like I said, you can't knock their talent and who they are, and you know what they bring to the table. It's like you said, the leadership part of it, and I just say every superstar isn't good at leading their team. Uh, I think because you're a superstar, we expect them to be the leader, the vocal leader, the emotional leader, and in reality. That's not the case, and you know I'm going to use I'm going to use the two teams we saw in the finals, Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. Jalen Brown. Have, they have all the talent, but who's their leader and their backbone? Smart is smart. Mm-hmm. Look at the Golden State Warriors, and mm-hmm. I think you know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. We we understand like people say, is Draymond a Hall of Famer? Is he not? Okay, whatever. But outside of that, 
he's one of the most important players on their team. Steph is important. Let's let not let's not you know, let's not chill out now. We're not right. saying that. And 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 Clay is important in his own right. But Draymond is right there, if not a step above, because of who he is verbally, emotionally, and mm-hmm. the the back line of their defense. They feel most comfortable when they have Draymond back there protecting them on, on their mistakes defensively. They feel most comfortable offensively because they know they can put the ball in his hands, which may sound crazy to people, put the ball in his hands, and he's going to make plays for their team. Mm-hmm. Like, he brings a lot, and, and he's a superstar in his own right. They're superstars in their own role, and mm-hmm. those people get paid too. Mm-hmm. Remember that, young kids. Superstars in your roles get paid too. You don't have to be the best player offensively to, to get paid and, and have value in this league and on your team. Understand that because that is important. I think kids forget that sometimes. Like, man, I, I, man, I got to be the best player. I got to score all the points. No, no, because if you're a glue to, to to a team, you're just important, uh, just as important as that superstar. And we we heard that all throughout the finals mm-hmm. when Marcus Smart wasn't playing well or when he got hurt throughout the well throughout throughout the playoffs. They're missing their backbone. They're missing their 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 emotional leader. Same thing with Draymond. When he was playing bad, they need their emotional leader to play well. But you sit and look at the stats because that's the first thing we do, Ross. We look at the stats. Oh, Draymond, man, well, he had two points. But what else did he bring to the table? His emotion. Like, he, he uplifted them just from his approach. When he played bad in Boston, his approach, because we everybody was like, oh, man, he only scored such such. Yes, he needed to look at the basket. Yes, I'm with everybody on that. <laughs> not that, you know, you not, don't not look at the basket. But when he was aggressive... When he was locked in where he's supposed to be, look what happened to the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. I absolutely feel you. And I, I, I think there, there's few greater ways to leave any topic than to say, look, be a star in your role. And be sometimes role. the superstar's role is not necessarily that of leadership. It's The two are not bonded together all the time. So I think that's perfectly said, Ben. Presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. Download and get started with a risk-free bet of up to $15. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Roz, I'm going to get right into it. Um, can you give us the details and share your thoughts on Brittany Griner and her detainment in Russia? Like, what's, what's the latest? And give us kind of mm-hmm. your thoughts on this since you're doing a lot with the WNBA and I know you're hearing a lot. Right. You know, well, there's been recent updates, um, Vince, around her situation in Russia. She was arrested now over four months ago in Moscow for possession of cannabis. Um, That was February 17th. She was arrested. Um, And basically the latest updates are that her, her situation will go to trial and the court case will start July 1st on Friday. And some of the most heart wrenching news out of this is that her detainment which has already been about four months, is now going to be extended another six months in Russia. Um, she's had limited contact. Obviously, the situation between the U.S. and Russia is very tense. And, um, there, you know, you've heard the, you might have heard already the recent story of she was trying to connect with her wife. Um, and there was a botched attempt, um, you know, on the U.S. side, actually, to coordinate that conversation. Um, so just, you know, the humaneness of the situation, the loneliness, um, you know, my, my first reaction, number one is I'm terrified. 
I'm I'm frightened. Yeah. And what I don't I don't want the country to normalize or to get used to this idea that Britney's just floating there. I don't like like more facts. She's going to go to trial on a case that has charges in Russia of up to 10 years of prison. Um, there are reports that, and I'm reading articles. I'm no U.S. I'm no government aficionado. I, I could talk hoops and like spacing on offense, but I'm reading <laughs> these articles about the about this the political situation that's going on there, Vince, and it's frightening. Mm-hmm. Literally, they're talking about trades. You know that she might be used as a pawn by the Russian government to exchange. You know for people that have people that are over here in the US are in jail with the US and the 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 names and the crimes that are being brought up trades for people and I'm reading these according to articles people who might have um been accused of trying to hurt kill people murder heinous crimes um weapons terrible real criminals and those names are being associated in any conjunction with with Brittany Griner, it just made me realize how much bigger this is and how serious it is and how Brittany could really get locked up in this. There are some Americans that are already, there's another American that's already in this situation that's been there three years detained. I'm frightened for Brittany. I'm terrified. And I feel for her wife. Can you imagine? I I cannot imagine. First and foremost, I, I feel for her wife, not only trying to figure out and, 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 and bring Brittany home, but the idea that she cannot talk to her and the one opportunity that she had was botched. Mm-hmm. Like, just imagine what hole she is in right now, feeling alone and feeling like she's helpless. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're on our side saying, you know, we're trying to help her and get her home quickly, but it's never fast enough. It's never quick enough you know, to, 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 you know, when you're talking about your loved one. So, man, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like you said, just, just hearing you say, like, for the crime that Brittany is there for and being right. potentially as a pawn in exchange for, you know, really bad people. Right. Really bad people, not just, you know, someone who is in, jail here in the U.S. for the same type of crime. Uh, and I, I feel, you know, they're, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they're like, see, they're, they're doing this because they can and they're using their, you know, they're trying to, to, to make her an example. For whatever mm-hmm. reason, I don't know, but because I just can't, I, I'm str- I just can't understand, I just can't understand how this is happening, continue to go on. And I can't, put myself in Britney's shoes right now. I mean, just watching her walk by and you can just see, you know, just like helpless. She's helpless. Like what mm-hmm. what can she do? Like you you how do you how do you prepare yourself for that? You can you you don't you're never prepared for something like that in Russia, somewhere else, not the US. <laughs> Russia. You know, when you ha- and you're helpless, it's not like oh, somebody can come visit you somewhere in the states. Like it's not that easy. I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. I I cannot. And I I thought the word you use. Pre- how do you prepare? I think that's an important part of this conversation. 
Brittany was a regular person, a regular, well, she's a WNBA superstar, but um, was an, let's humanize Brittany. She is a, a wonderful spirited human being, was, was doing her job, had no idea of what lay ahead. There's one thing when you get the chance to prep around what's coming, whether it's a devastation or a hurt or a pain, her life was absolutely snatched. Her wife, her family, her love, her passion, the game, her career, her identity, her home, her bed was snatched. She's been there over 130 days. I, I'm subscribed to a text uh, that will tell me it's been 130 days since Brittany Griner's been detained. And actually, I want to make sure to bring this up. Um, if you are interested in learning more about Brittany Griner, you can go to wearebg.org and you can sign the petition um, at www.change.org slash wearebg. Um, I, I, I personally encourage us not to, to get used to this, not to get silent. Like the, she's also come out before about her mental health issues. I'm concerned about her mental health. Um, I think this is really hard to deal with. And, um, you know, the WNBA has taken the Players Association, they've taken different stances over the course of this. At first, it was strategic. It was told to the players and, and the league to try and keep it quiet because they didn't want Britney to be used as a pawn. And that was the early sentiment. Things have shifted now where they are now taking a stance. They're asking people to write to or tag the White House, the president. This is an American citizen. This is an Olympian. This is a wonderful human being. Um, and so now is the time to make noise. Now is the time to put public pressure on because I fear, again, I, I, and I'm not a government, I'm not somebody who's in politics. There's somebody else I could read the article that's also been, um, there have been Americans who have been detained for years. And I pray we don't see that happen to Brittany Griner. I pray there's urgency and creativity and willpower to get her out of there, man. I pray for that. And I, I hope those that are detained, they get that opportunity as well, you know, to, to get hope, you know, for hopefully, you know, for, for what the crime that is there in, in the situation they're in there. Roz, I wanted to say, uh, could you, um, hmm, could you let the, the, the people know what signing that petition does for her in, 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 you know, the importance of doing it. So when you sign it, like, right. Oh, I signed it. My name's on it. What comes next? Because right. I feel like a lot of us don't know that because we, you know, we're signing it in support, but what does that mean? Yeah. We're, um, we're looking, uh, for camaraderie. I feel like, you know, I saw the news come out that her detainment was extended another six months and I was furious. Not only was I terrified and frightened, I was furious and I was, I like immediately tweeted. And I'm like, what else can I do? What action can I take? What can I do besides just yelling on Twitter, you know, hashtag BRBG or free Britney Griner. Um, like I, I, my spirit has been off all day. I'm not even going front, man. Like this is, I just feel terrible to see this, this, any human being in this situation and, certainly someone as special and talented as BG and everything that she stood for, for so many communities, you know, we are, um, even there. Yeah. Ross, even there you're playing. I mean, playing there, 
loved by the Russian fans for what she does and has done on the court in Russia. So there's, yeah, you know, it's just, I, that's what's, it, it just. Mm. And even that, like, you know, for the basketball players, for black people, for the LBGTQ community, like Brittany has been brave her whole damn life. Seriously, she could do a documentary on oh, God. Like I literally was thinking today, I was like, Brittany, Brittany, like first and foremost may god bring her out of russia safely and swiftly but when this is all said and done she could absolutely do a movie if she wanted to a documentary on her entire life she has been fighting for herself <laughs> fighting for her identity fighting her whole life the, the things that have happened in britney grinder's life you literally could only like write in a movie and she's living that and like so when you these petitions are a way it's a way to take action if you're wondering what can i actually do um, if you want to find out more information, I know the league, the WNBA has put decals on all of the different courts of the different teams, uh, BG 42 logo, and it's in showing her initials and her number and that they're taking proceeds and bringing it to her charitable causes. Um, certainly she's not being forgotten and she's being held. And I think that's an important point to bring it to as well. The fact that like, what is the effect of not having Brittany Griner on the court last season, Vince? People were talking during the WNBA finals. Mercury was playing uh, the Chicago Sky. Brittany Griner was being talked about as the best player in the world. We're not talking about just a WNBA superstar. We're talking about somebody who's at the level of Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant. We're talking about potentially the best player in the world. You, many people could argue it. I could make you a strong argument that she is that. And so the Mercury have been reeling since then. It's a huge deal, not just emotionally, but also on the court. You lost literally someone who affects the game on the offensive <laughs> the and defensive end. Mm -hmm. And one thing that we're missing, I just spoke with Skylar Diggins. She was talking about Brittany Griner's just like an awesome person, her energy, her spirit. She actually kept, that's a very um, volatile situation in Mercury because the personalities are intense and competitive, like your, you know, Diana Taurasi's, your Skylar Diggins. And it was actually Brittany Griner's warm, sweet, like warm spirit that held that group together. And now that Brittany's gone, you have seen that the team has had some chemistry issues this year because she hasn't been there to be a buffer. And, you know, Skylar described Brittany Griner to me as someone who had beautiful spirit, the type of person you'll be walking down the street, she'll give her food to homeless people, like that kind of character. And so like, let's humanize this. This is a wonderful human being. And also let's make sure we discuss Brittany Griner's impact on the court correctly. She could be described as, if not the one of the best players in the world in the women's game right now today. Point blank player. And I agree. I mean, I got this to watch her, you know, up, up, up close and watching her move. And, you know, we're in awe of females dunking. We know there's some prior to her that have dunked, but just seeing BG play the game and dominate and then hearing you say, because you, we've seen in some of her personalities just, you know, her her her, her cool side, just how, how bubbly and, you know, fun that she seems. And then hearing say she's the piece, an important piece of the puzzle. You know, obviously we know, Tina Charles has now moved on over there. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know my stuff too, Roz. Yeah, chill down, chill out. Man. No, I pay attention. No, but but we know that. But there, <laughs> there again, 
it's kind of like you say, she, you know, maybe Brittany there keeps that core group together. Cause I'm just thinking I, in the beginning of the year, I'm like this group, Tina Charles there with BG and like, just imagine what it would be like. And like I said, obviously it's, it's bigger than that, but her impact on and off the court is, is now showing his head. All right. All right. That's a wrap for episode two of the VC show with Vince Carter and Roz Godon Woody. Catch us next week. We're going to have more conversation, more hot topics, and definitely have a lot to talk about. Let's go.